throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with host Gord Riddell. It's time to listen and learn. Hi, and welcome to Things Worth Considering. It's a weekly talk show right here on Voice America Talk Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my co-host, Alexia Georgiousis. Hello. Hello there. I haven't seen you since last week. I know. Uh, what, what are you doing? Are you in isolation again? <laughs> yes, yes. Continuing, continuing like everyone continuing. else. No kidding, no kidding. Yeah, it's like, like everyone else. Yeah, I think it's getting on everyone else's... Uh, as I say, last raw nerve too. Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Starting. Yeah. It's starting. It's definitely, it's definitely. Um, Cause this is what week seven, I think. Since I think it is week seven. Yes. Yeah. Not that I'm counting. All right. It's exactly 49 days. No. <laughs> <laughs> and 17 hours. Right. Uh, so yeah. When I say about the raw nerve is I'm really noticing people are getting cranky. Um, yeah. And I've, I've noticed it myself. I don't know about you, but I found, uh, you know, sort of, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was saying, you know, it's as if it's not just hour by hour, day by day, it's, it's breath by breath. Each moment seems to change where at first I was going, okay, just one step because suddenly it can be a feeling of, oh, I'm feeling pretty good and things are great. And there's a lot of gratitude and appreciation. And then all of a sudden it's like a sadness or an irritability or restlessness, Right. And and I'm finding that's and what a lot of people are experiencing, myself included, where it's like, oh, noticing these these waves of emotion. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess uh, uh, I mean certainly I, I agree with that with myself. Um, it's it's more of the um, uh, the angry, you know, just the angry persona that people seem to have out there. Um, uh, although a couple of people where I live seem to be kind of softening up a little bit and not jumping back when they see somebody, um, you know, but th- it's that, that sort of, you know, angry, you know, and, and people, people have to realize that stress makes us cranky. You know? Yes. And it's a really good point because like, as we spoke about in the previous episodes around fear that mm-hmm. I, I do believe that, you know, anger is a way to mask fear very often that, that it, can, it can definitely be a sense that, that there's this anger here and I'm going to protect myself. And, you know, I, I definitely got a few glares um, from some people. I'm not sure really why when I was walking down exactly. and, you know, like, but near the lake I and I thought, I'm not sure I'm <laughs> distanced enough. And they had masks on and I wondered if it was because I wasn't wearing a mask or, but it was, it was, um, I thought, okay, there's a lot of this, you know, uncertainty and, and suspicion, which I think also is coming out as anger for sure. You know, so yeah. I've seen some road rage happening. Um, a lot of, with, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of, of um, uh, stud driving is taking place on the, on the downtown streets, which yes, is yes. just crazy. Stunt I mean, driving. The stunt driving right, right in the middle of the city. Uh, that was about a week ago, I guess. That someone, you know, in fact, a number of people were like, "Oh my God!" and catching it, you know, right. just, like, doing donuts in the middle. Uh, and I mean, just the screeching tires. And it wasn't. This wasn't in a snowstorm. <laughs> this was, right. Right. you know, right. a, a dry pavement. Um, you know, 
uh, the other thing, of course, is that pe people do a silent treatment. Yeah, no. yeah, which I mean, is you know, and going back to the 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 um, the road the road racing, and I think the drag racing, that kind of thing that's happening again is it's the sign of this restlessness and feeling confined, and then the silencing is is almost uh, as deadly as, as, as a strike because it basically is such a, again, constricted type of energy that, oh, that yeah. you can feel. So you can feel somebody's anger and irritability and it causes constriction. And you can also feel someone's silence and that causes constriction. Same thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think that, you know, we've got to just recognize that one, we have the right to be angry right now. We do, you know. We have I mean, a right to feel everything right now. Yeah, we woke up one morning and our entire world was turned upside down, you know. So, yeah, we may not know where to direct that anger, but right. I think that just owning it and and giving ourselves permission to to you know be on this roller coaster is absolutely okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that finding yeah. ourselves wrong only makes us more angry. Yes. You know, it's like when we were angry as a kid and, and uh, you know, we expressed it, chances are you were probably shut right down. And, you know, it was like uh, as a boy, you know, being told if I if I cried, you know, if you don't stop crying, I'll really give you something to cry about. Well, right. the anger was sort of the same thing, although I can't think of messages around that, but it was definitely shut down. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, by some sort of display of greatness over top of us. You know, like, well, and yeah, down. and I think that, I, I, yeah, and, and very scary for little kids. And we learn that, yeah. right? We learn that, you know, we don't, we aren't typically taught how to work with our emotions, learn from them. And as you said earlier, how to direct them, because when, when people are angry, it is this false sense of power. And I wanted to correct something I said earlier, which is that it's not so much that, that the anger or the silence from someone else causes constriction it's a constrictive type of energy that can be, you know, felt, but within the self, if we're not aware of having a sense of boundary, then if we take that on, that can be a problem because it becomes the domino effect or the, you know, the, the kind of the sheep or the herd mentality where it's like, Oh, I have to be a sponge and feel what this person is feeling, or I'm going to get angry right back at them. And, and I think that is a, a, in itself a big, a big problem too. Well, and that's what we do. You know, if someone shows anger at us, we immediately, you know, we we often meet it. But I also know that emotions are contagious. They are. That's very, very contagious. So if somebody is angry, you know, and gets angry in your face, chances are you're going to meet it with the same amount of power, if not more. You know, of course, that's the control element of the whole thing. So, you know, on the one hand, you know, in own, in owning the 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 losses, really, that people have, the fear of losses, you know, which is the same thing, right? Yes. Um, yes. That that you know, we can get a handle on it, but I think we we need to recognize that we have to learn to do something about it. We can't be firing this off in people's faces. Yeah. No, no. And, and that's a really good point because I think what you said earlier around validating that the anger is okay, that it's here. And I'm allowed to feel angry because as soon as you hear someone go into, oh, you shouldn't feel that way, or it's a sense of, oh, you know, just feel gracious and gratitude and appreciate. And, and that isn't always possible in that moment. And it completely dismisses the feeling. And yes. the emotion. Yes. And but by being able to acknowledge, okay, I'm upset because I lost my job. I didn't see this coming. Or I am 
I'm angry because I, I don't have enough money to, you know, pay my rent or my mortgage for the next my three rainy months. day arrived. And I, yes, exactly. And I, and I'm angry at myself, but it's, it is about recognizing that yes, there's a valid reason here and it's also not permanent. It's something that we, we do have control over in terms of our level of awareness, as long as we're aware, because if we meet other people with exactly what they're, you know, presenting to us, that it becomes a very dangerous ground for any kind of harmony. In fact, I don't think it's possible. It just feeds into drama and conflict. I mean, that's that's the story of the male warrior, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, that's what our our history of war is all about in yeah. in human uh, human history. You know, is is uh, might uh, you know might paralleling might, and right. and you know if you if you back down, which is actually kind of street smarts. If you back down, though, you're you're deemed to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, weakling, or you can't stand up for yourself. You're somebody that can be walked over, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I always say, you know, don't confuse my kindness for stupidity, or weakness, or, <laughs> or weakness. weakness. Don't don't confuse stupidity. kindness. Takes a, a tremendous intentional kindness where it's authentic. I should say, I think takes a tremendous amount of courage, and an ability to see beyond fear, see beyond the ego and recognize that, okay, the ego might be getting triggered, but I have a choice. Yes. And that is incredibly powerful energy. It's not the forceful energy, right? There's a difference between force and power. And I think that's where also those two words get confused is, you know, what's more forceful compared to what's more powerful. And, right. and, you know, when we understand that the power that is around us, what is really more that what's within us and, and the power is in choice. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, I have on the bottom of all of my emails, uh, sort of this saying, I'm going to have to paraphrase because I don't have an email open, obviously, uh, in front of me from the Dalai Lama. And it's about, you know, in, in all things, be kind. And, and his next sentence is, there's never a reason not to be kind. Yeah, what a powerful lesson. I mean, you know, that is something I think that is what a, what a wonderful way to live in the world mm. and, and to keep reminding the self that I can always be kind, even if I perceive someone's rude to me or if someone is, you know, mean to one of my ch children or, you know, offends. That's when it, it becomes difficult because becomes I think personal. the fear and protective mode. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the moment we personalize anything, it becomes, uh, we can go into defensive mode, you know, um, maybe we can talk about that as to how you start an argument <laughs> or not start an argument, but deal with a conflict in, in terms of our language, you know? Um, but I think, I think the point I wanted to make was that, okay, so here are people now we're stuck in our houses. You're at home now with your spouse, your, maybe your children. And you, when was the last time you spent this much time with your spouse? <laughs> of course you're going to get cranky. God invented work for a reason. And that was to get <laughs> us away from each other. So we only came over a few hours each day. Um, you know, uh, so really the thing would be instead of allowing, you know, being agitated to be so uh, self-serving, it's very self-centered, you know. It's very uh, self-centered. It's to consider what is your spouse feeling? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, they by, how might they be, you know, experiencing you being around all the time? So if we have a very traditional where one, you know, a relationship where one goes to work and one is staying at home, 
that person at home often had a lot of things they could do, but not now. Now, now that you're here consistently, maybe shushing them because you are working, you know, right. children, you know, what are your kids thinking? They're like, I can't see my friends. I nope. can't go and play. I can't yeah. be outdoors. Uh, I mean, a horrible, that's a horrible. And how does a child understand that? Good questions. Really good questions. And I don't know, you know, aside from trying to explain to someone, a child that, you know, this is what it is right now. This is what it's about. But I, I feel like, again, it, it, it really requires all of the parents, which I think is a very difficult situation that so many of them are in especially parents who are self-employed or single parents mm-hmm. who have young children that can't, that they need their, they need the parent for various things in, you know, like feeding or, or cooking or entertainment. But, you know, it's one thing if you have a, a, an infant compared to a little, uh, you know, toddler, very different. Right. And, and even then a teenager can has more equipped to typically entertain themselves. But I know that the parents that I know that, they do have some concern about how much screen time these kids are having because, right. you know, they're having to work and then the child is, is, is on the screen for a long time and maybe the weather's not great to go outside. But when they do go outside, like you said, they, they can't be with their friends. They get a little bored. So it's sort of pushing us into remembering how to be creative and remembering how to connect with each other differently and in nature differently because so many of us, you know, you go, remember, like I was going to say seven weeks ago, you could go to a coffee shop or restaurant and you could see people that are on their phones, even when they're with their, the company of their friends. And yes. now this is, you can't necessarily, you could do this at, at home, but I think it makes it very challenging. Oh, absolutely. It really does. You know, uh, but I've also seen pictures of a family sitting around a family dinner table and everyone has their own little device. And talking yeah. to people, you know, yeah. I can I can assure you, had that happened when I was a kid, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that just simply would not have happened, you know. Me neither. No one Me answered neither. the phone. Nope. No one answered the phone. I mean, it would just let it ring. You know, uh, I guess they weren't driven by, I wonder who it is. You know, I was like, if it's important, they'll call back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah no, and, uh, my, uh, we couldn't, you couldn't read at the table, you know, especially if other people were eating, there was no reading, you had to participate and and it was, you know, it was sort of be with each other's presence while we're having food together and talk to each other. Um, but yeah, this time around, I feel like this experience is so new and different that so many people are getting challenged by what, they are having to face in their relationships, not only with themselves, but also with their family members who are uh, typically, as you said, not around for a lot of the day. And mm-hmm. then suddenly it's like, who is this person? Because I think that's also what happens. We sort of grow apart a little bit. And then I think a lot of people in relationships are starting to look at, well, what, what does keep us connected? And, and that's where it's going to right. be very um, revealing you know, there's a real, there's lots of breakthroughs happening, I think, in, in this time. And and sadly, things that are quite painful, but domestic violence has gone up, right? Which goes to the anger. This it's is about over. a 20%, 20, 20 odd percent increase. And and that's significant. Yeah. That's it's, significant. And it's a very... Um, very significant. It's, it's a very sad, uh, you know, fact, because, again, there's a lot of helplessness. How, how, do, how do we help each other? Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the the irony of anger is on the one hand, we use it to make ourselves 
uh, a belief that we're powerful, but the underlying belief is, is that because we believe we're being victimized, someone's picking on us, someone's hurting us, someone's doing something to us. And so, I mean, anger is there to tell us in a healthy way when our boundaries are being violated. Right. Okay. But when we, we take that and, and, uh, you know, the anger then becomes, uh, you know, I'm, an, I'm irritated because my kid's yelling and my wife's doing whatever and my boyfriend's doing whatever, you know, whatever your situation is, you know, th- it's just a wrong use of anger then, you know, yeah. um, because we're, we're allowing it then, you know, we're going to pull a control piece. We're going to yell especially being a male, you know, the male voice is very scary to most people, you know, uh, especially the younger, younger kids. And well, used to be anyways, I don't know about anymore, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, my dad just had a bell at once and that's all we, we needed, you know? So, you know, that in, when you put all that into a home, the contagion element of it, uh, you know, you're getting into sort of a, a very dangerous area. Because there's only one way that often that can go when you don't have any awareness, and that is it escalates. Yes. You yes. Know? And when we escalate, then, you know, after you've yelled as loud as you can, then what are you going to do? But you're going to pick up something and throw it, or you're going to smack your kid, or you're going to smack your wife, which is even right. worse. Right. You know, well, they're both, they're both bad, you know, but, uh, you know, and, and we've got domestic violence. And certainly the one thing we know about domestic violence is once someone's been hit, it doesn't get better. It's never a, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it'll never happen again. That's only until the next time when yeah. it's going to happen again, you know. So on that note, we're going to come back. We'll be back in two minutes. Something to think about. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, and welcome back. You are listening to Things Worth Considering. This is Gord. I'm here with Alexia. And we are talking about our right to be angry, uh, given what's going on with the COVID-19 incident we'll call it an incident <laughs> incident yes experience incident. experience yeah the incident that never stopped uh so uh we were just talking over the break about ways that people you know express their anger 
Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, there's certainly the the uh, raising our voice yeah. is, is sort of the you know classic ones, and and if we if we don't really get our way at that point, see, I believe that 90 percent of all anger is actually control issues. Because somebody hmm. isn't doing something the way we expect it or want it to be done. No. I, I think that I would, uh, you said 90%? 90%. I think 90%. 10% is righteous indignation. That mm. we have a right to be angry. And we should mm. be angry about certain things. Like the way people are being you know, marginalized or forced to live. You know? Right, right. We should be yeah, angry. Yeah, I think, I think it goes back to that, um, absolutely to that sort of personalization of the of the you know the, the the drama story of the ego and um i had heard someone had mentioned i don't know who it was that said this but said to recognize a difference between you know ego drama and you know sort of theos drama or god drama or universe drama and and it's very different because when we personalize it it does end up being you're right they should have done it this way they should have said this yeah. why isn't this happening and and, you know, in terms of expression of anger, when we don't have a sense of being okay with these emotions, just like expressing sadness or fear, and realizing that it's not something that needs to stay in our bodies, it can absolutely move, but we can pay attention to it so that we can express it in a healthier way, because it needs to be valid and it needs to be expressed, but out of the body. But it's not okay when it becomes an explosion and people around you are damaged by it. And Absolutely. then it's like, done, I'm good. Now I'm good. I've had this release and I feel great. And meanwhile, there's all these wounded on the battlefield. Yes, yes, exactly. Room, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where I see it as just being so wrong, you yeah. know, is, is in the selfishness, the self-centeredness of it, you know, is, oh, I feel better now. Um, right. There is somebody who proposed um, uh, probably two decades ago, it was called tanking. And it would be like, you know, let's say you and I are connected, okay? So I'm like filled with anger and um, and you're fine, you know? And I go, well, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong. Well, yeah, look at you. Come on. I know you. I know there's something wrong here. And now you're starting to get irritated because mm. I'm, I'm basically like egging you on, you know, to admit that there's right. something wrong. And, and so what they were you know, trying to show is then energetically it's being pushed down in me. And it's like through this giant, you know, uh, uh, tube, it's being pushed into you. And so interesting. You end up feeling like a crazy woman, you know, at the end. And I walk away and I feel so much better. Huh. That's very interesting. I pass that, pass that energy onto you by simply aggravating you, you know, egging you on is to say, come on, admit that there's something wrong. Right, right, right. And I think that that's very, that's a very interesting concept. And it's also very valid, because I do think that, again, it goes back to very often, we don't allow not only ourselves, but we don't allow other people to feel their emotions. So it's a sense of, you know, oh, you shouldn't be angry, or, you know, why are you angry? And I think that is such a difficult dynamic to sometimes navigate, especially now when everyone is around each other or on top of each other. We're, we're not used to it. And there's Absolutely. no, there's no way to, to kind of escape on some level aside from escaping with our thoughts and our awareness that creates the escape, but that right. portal that is inside of us requires that we become more aware and notice what's happening. And, and energetically, if someone, if you can feel that someone's 
anger is coming towards you, being able to basically step away from that, not block it or push it back, but essentially don't allow it to land. It's almost like, you know, the virus, any viruses typically need to land and create a bond. So if we look at that with the energy, that as long as you keep it sort of a, a flat surface that doesn't allow any hooks to penetrate, then right. it's not impacted. You Because otherwise we're oscillating between extremes of either super angry or incredibly deflated and disempowered where I'm, you know, victimized, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt, all of this. And why is this happening to me? And neither one of them are empowering positions. No. The middle ground where there's this neutrality and being able to notice, but not identify with it is where the power is. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, having having uh, that sense of how that power is used, you know, like for instance, in in my career of working with people who were being abused, a woman who was being physically abused, um, I would not want her to go to that place of being weepy or the loss place because yeah. it, we've all been there, you know, when broken up with someone or whatever. It's so yeah. it's very disempowering, you know. It whereas is, it is getting her angry at you know, the fact that she was hit, the fact she's sitting there with a black eye, you know, that that's what I want to perpetuate, you know, until, you know, there's a place to get her to move, you know. Right, move. right. And because often it's like, oh, it wasn't so bad. We'll go back. Well, and you know what? That's a very good point. And, and absolutely. Anger ha is appropriate. We need it. It is a healthy Absolutely. emotion. It's just a, it's just a matter of the timing and how to express it. But in something like that, where someone is not getting angry, and and you know, especially when they're in, in domestic violence, it's not about fighting back because that can often be very dangerous for them. Yes. But it is fighting back in a way that empowers them. And and you know, you we can look back at at uh, you know with Gandhi and and you know mm. how he was what he did with the British where there was this nonviolence. It's a different circumstance because that was a whole mass of people that were all together. When you right. have a couple where it's a woman and and a man and the man is being violent or vice versa, it's a very different energy where you have to be you know aware of my power source is from these emotions where I can actually hold my ground and say enough. That's yeah, yeah. when that's when it's very appropriate to be like enough and stick to it where you don't go back and say, well, it wasn't so bad or it was only, you know, oh, he didn't mean to or she didn't exactly. mean to, right? Can you teach me how not to piss my husband off so he won't hit me? And I'm like, I'm sorry, did you just say, you know, I mean, I'd be horrified. And I and I heard it consistently over over the years, you know, uh, where they wanted me to teach them how not to piss people off. And I said, I piss everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, Gord, it's very different for women. I yes, mean, as a, as a as a woman in, in this world, I mean, I'm very privileged. I'm I'm a white woman living in in Canada in Toronto, and I'm very aware of the privilege. And I think that with with you know um, women who are just different circumstances, there is a different energy to be able to, uh, you know, piss people off and giving permission because very often there's been consequences. And especially when there's a physical discrepancy, because right. you know, I know some women who are, who are fierce and, and typically, I mean, it's a generalization, but they're bigger in stature, you know, taller, uh, and, and some, some are, are larger bodied and it's, That's it's how I very saw my interesting. Mom. 
Yeah. But it's it's an interesting concept because there's, and there's obviously petite, small, smaller women, it's more, which is no judgment whatsoever. It's more around, again, I see that though it's not so much to do with the visibility or the size, it's, Mm. it is related to your own felt sense of being able to feel empowered and know Mm -hmm. that your energy will determine how someone decides not only to, to, to try to treat you, but it's also how you respond to it. Because when, when someone's bad behavior doesn't land, it, it is so empowering because there's no hook. There's no, you don't engage. So it doesn't, it doesn't disempower you. And it's not like you, you have superiority over the person you, you actually can have more compassion, but as long as it doesn't land. Exactly. You know, I, I, I know some women that are like, you know, petite little things and, don't cross their path. Nope. You know, they're amazing. Exactly. They're just, they claim their space and that is their space to yep. own. And, and uh, they're quite awesome, actually. You know, I think the, the other one is, you know, in terms of how we do anger is our passive aggressiveness. You know, there's a lot of people, uh, expressing anger is just very, you know, it's very scary. Um, so, We'll have the the game player, which is you know banging the pots and pans and the dishes in the kitchen. What's wrong? Right, right, Nothing. right, right. All right, which yeah, leads to twenty questions. You know, ex- oh, come on. exactly. I know uh, there's yeah, nothing ex- wrong. Well, and that's that constant poke, poke, poke. That's scary. And going back to what I was saying earlier, when, in terms of stature, it doesn't have in, in practice. In my private practice, with, with as a naturopath, what I've often seen with some women, not always, but but if there's a if, if there's a uh, some kind of frustration around let's say weight loss or wanting to be a different size um, that sometimes when women have lost weight that they have said to me that they they don't feel as powerful interesting and suddenly they're not comfortable either with sometimes attention and it's 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 very interesting there's so many layers as to the purpose but again going back to you know no matter what size you are you can still be powerful and that to me is what we need to teach each other and help each other with so that we don't have this, you know, fireworks of anger going off where people are getting hurt and other people are feeling like somehow it's their fault that they got hit. Right. And, and you see, that's what a lot of the passive aggressiveness does. You know, I mean, we, yes. we just joked about like sort of what I call the 20 questions, you know, uh, often culminating is, well, if you really cared about me, you'd know what was going on. <laughs> um, yes, I used to say that. I used to say that. Come on, you should know. You should know. <laughs> uh, you know, or, or it pulls you in, like I, I had just yeah. uh, suggested, uh, you know, jumping out of a car, slamming the door. Uh, but, but then there's the silent treatment. You know, oh, I, yeah. and I think that is like one of the most uh, abusive forms of, of passive aggressiveness that there is. You know, I agree. Uh, there, you know, it's, it really is. It, it leaves, um, you know, no place, absolutely no place to talk. Um, it's manipulative. And I happen to think it's incredibly abusive. You know? I, I agree. I think it's. I think it can be incredibly damaging to uh, anyone. Where where if there's a complete withdrawal and shutdown, and refusal to engage, whether it's verbally or even visually, that you know to ignore someone as if they don't exist, and and right. you know that can be so painful for anyone, especially children in particular. You know what a, oh, what yeah. a way to yeah. make a child feel totally disempowered and and worthless is is just ignore them completely and you know in terms of what you were saying around um 
being very abusive. I, I think it is a, a silent type of abuse. It's it's a it's sort of a stealth abuse. Yes, exactly, exactly. You know, but, but and that can be used on like anyone from the, your intimates to your professional life to your family and friends. You know, like mm-hmm. you know to to not to not speak in you know what you need to say, uh, and instead have this this very punishing stance. Right. Uh, that that destroys more relationships than anything. Yeah, I, you know, I it's never I what was you. said that destroys a relationship. It was it's what wasn't said. We can negotiate most things through talk, you know. But you well, have to talk. We can. You have to be we we can. I I think yes, and I think we can negotiate or collaborate. I should say because a negotiation to me is more like a an exchange of you know who's who's winning, who's losing. But I think and and you know collaboration is when there's that idea of both and 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 us and the thing is about talk though if it's not used in a conscious way having awareness when we speak in terms of owning our own emotions our own behavior our own perceptions and that is a healthy way to have a conversation that can be collaborative but if it becomes blame or you did this and this is why or this was your fault, then I think that's where, forget it. You can't, you can't have, that's not, that's not a healthy talk, you know, healthy conversation. No, that's not a healthy talk at all. uh, Not at all. I think the, the other thing that happens too, and when someone goes into that level of silence or just, you know, uh, pretending that they're, you know, nothing's bothering them about the situation they have, you know, in rehab, it's called the shitty committee. Mm-hmm. And it's just all those voices that, and they just say, you know, what else he was doing? He was doing this to you, and she was doing this to you, and, and it just like it's just this horrible, you know, uh, circus of voices that actually just keeps accelerating our our level of anger. You know, yeah. uh, that's totally silenced the moment we open our mouth and start talking. You know? Yeah, and and I mean, it's yeah, it's a silent thing. But it's, it's not it's so giving, silent on the inside. No, no, on the inside, and it's it's like the slow burn. And the resentment that is very, very dangerous on someone's physical and emotional health. I've seen that in practice when someone is carrying a low-grade resentment that they cannot let go of. Right. Then it's very dangerous to the body. Very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And resentment is very hard to heal from a psychological perspective. It's it's very mm-hmm. it's much more difficult to uh, uh, get rid of resentment because resentment eventually will just turn into hatred. You know, whereas, yeah. you know, anger, at least, you know, anger is still moving, but resentment begins to, you know, begins to kind of turn into that block of salt, you know. And yes. It's, it's, you know, totally entrenched in there. But I think most of us, you know, we have to kind of own the fact that, you know, uh, we're probably still doing anger the way we learned and watched our parents do it and the way we did it in our house. And you may still at a family function, if anger comes up, do it exactly the same way 30 years later. And, you know. It's not something that evolves. It's kind of like this is what we do in our house. It's tradition, right. you know. Right. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving. Of course, we have an argument. Right, um, right, right. Uh, before, right. before you and I break into an argument here, uh, we need to break for a break. <laughs> Go for, a break. <laughs> and we'll be back on the other side of these commercials. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. 
Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back to Things Worth Considering. And we are considering today our right to anger, but our our need to learn how to understand it, where it comes from, and not hurt people with it, including ourselves. That's that's a really big one, is including ourselves. Um, the the thing about anger is that you know it's a learned behavior. We actually learned how to do it. We either we learned silence, or we learned explosions. Uh, but no matter what what however it was done in your family is how you probably to this day either do it exactly the same way uh, or you do it 180 degrees difference of the, mm-hmm. you know, the pendulum. I ain't going to do it their way. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you go back into your home, you know, into your family home and, you know, it doesn't even have to be where you live, but uh, if you get your mother, your father, or one of them and your brothers and sisters in the same room, you're going to go back to the same dynamics. They, they will. Over a, a you know even a couple of days, a few hours, you will begin to revert back into your old roles mm-hmm. and and the way that you did everything. It's I such know, which a, is fascinating. It's, it is it's, fascinating. It's like really we're that you know yeah. sort of like the parrot that mimics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, and it's it's to, to me it's it always brings curiosity because whenever you know, there's a family dynamic and I think it goes through whether it's generational trauma or that imprint of familiarity, because rather than, you know, we're seeing each other from our history as well. We're not necessarily seeing each other in our current moment state. It's right. we look at someone who's familiar and we have a whole, you know, data file of stories back there that are our interpretation and, who, and identify who this person is. Yeah. And I think that that is such a powerful practice when I remember reading something by Thich Nhat Hanh and it was, it was the idea of seeing with new eyes. You mm-hmm. know, how do you keep, when you, when you see someone, just imagine dropping away all the familiar stories that you know about them and look at them just even for an instant and say, I can see this person with new eyes. You know, who is this person that is gourd? That's sitting over here on, on the Zoom, my my laptop screen. <laughs> you know, oh, I don't actually know Gord. You know, and it's a very different way of looking at somebody, but it requires us to slow down. Yes, and you really slow down instead of that reactivity. And I think that yes, we did learn it from our childhoods, 
we not necessarily have had the um, maybe the privilege or the experience or willingness to work with it differently. Right. And, and that, that determines, I think, how we experience our emotions throughout our life is whether or not we choose to say, you know what, this isn't working for me. I need to do something different. Right, right. And, and getting some help with that, you know, is very important. Uh, well, hugely important, uh, especially if you are hurting or you're hurting others, you know, because of your own lack of awareness. That's yeah. that's really a big problem there. You know, um, there's also another another piece here, and that is that anger always flows downwards. So How do you mean? Let's say if we we take a real traditional, you know, uh, family. Okay, so the husband's at work and he gets yelled at by his boss. So he's really angry, but he can't yell at the boss. So he comes home and he takes it out on the wife. The wife turns around and smacks, her, smacks the kids. The kids kiss the dog. The dog bites the cat. The cat goes after the rat. The rat goes, you know, and it goes down. Rarely does anybody stand up to uh, uh, what, what is, they might perceive as being a position of authority. Right. Oh, very yeah. interesting. And I think that's, that's fascinating around that part around believing that what does it mean to stand up for yourself? And mm. I think that it's it's a really fine line where there's a, there can be a firmness and there can also be a reactivity. And very often, I think the reactivity is what is encouraged rather than the sense of, no, there can be a line drawn where this boundary is held and you don't have to meet what's being pushed at you. Right? right, and I, I think that that's that takes a practice, and and it it's not an easy thing to do, you know, especially well, I mean, with the whole you know bullying culture, right? Sure, uh, I mean we can use this, this here as as an example of that. That most people who are experiencing the sadness, the despair, the fear, that everything are they are reacting to the situation. Right. responding to this situation would be, okay, this is what I need to do. I've got to stay in the house, but I can still do this. I can do that, map it out. And, and they're responding to suddenly the thing they wanted was to stay home for a few days. Um, nobody said anything about seven weeks, but you know, uh, it's, it's constantly altering their responsiveness to it. The reactiveness actually then takes us further and further into the anger and into sadness and despair, grief, you know, uh, real or imagined. Right. Right. Yes. Matter. Yes. And that, really no, and, and it doesn't. You're absolutely right. And I think that those, that's why I, I do, I, I see a lot of things on social media where I see that there's so much out there around, you know, meditation, mindfulness, practicing various things around all of these emotions coming up. And I, I think part of the, uh, what's being asked of us is that making sure that people recognize I need some help. I need some tools because maybe they can't afford to yes. see a therapist right now, but having a tool and that part is the piece where well, sometimes we don't realize we're stepping into anger until we're already in it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we really have to have, I mean, for any of this, we, it comes back to ourselves and that's that yeah. mindfulness piece, yeah. the felt sense of, Oh, my hands go tingly or my mouth dries out. Or, you know, uh, my eyesight changes. I mean, who knows? We, we can have anything that's very personal uh, uh, begin to change as we become irritated. Yes. Or, or as we become sad or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's, it's um, you know, our ability to recognize it on the inside before we fire it off on the outside. 
Oh, it's it's a, and, it's amazing. Yeah, an amazing practice to be able to feel that, okay, you know, yes, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to disappoint people and ourselves. That's part of this. But it's also really allowing us to say, I have the capacity. This is what I think is so uh, really important around looking at this experience with COVID is that it is making all of us realize that we do have the control or the possibility of empowering ourselves, whether we decide to grow our own food or whether we decide to, you know, not all our food, but things that are realistic and, <laughs> and, and, and relative, right? That are relatively easy. But but it also comes down to our harmony and our sense of happiness and joy or gratitude. It's all within side of us. And it's it's having that awareness and that willingness because the willingness is a massive piece to yes. be able to say, oh, as much as I want to be right, I need to realize that this is my responsibility. Not, it's not my spouse's fault. It's not my partner's fault. It's not my child's fault. You know, my reaction is my reaction. Right. Until we give up blame, I don't think we can ever be an adult. Yeah. You'll never be able to take your own power back as long as you're blaming everybody else. Yeah. You know, for, very for true. And there's a lot of blamers out there. Oh, yeah, Mr. Trump. Um, there was a <laughs> blamer in my life. Um, uh, who public. So to back away from him gently, uh, <laughs> you know, is is uh, you know, I think that one of the one of the missing pieces for us here is that as kids, given the fact that we're emulating how they do anger, what none of us were ever ever really privileged to was how they resolve that. You know, how is it that when I walked in, you know, or got up in the morning, say, and now they're all nice and they're you know, because uh, I went to bed, they were yelling at each other. And they're, now they're all nice. They're getting each other coffee and tea. And, and the whole thing is like, how did they get there? You know, right. uh, and we don't know how they got there because um, we're, we're, we don't know how they, you know, the, the, the negotiating style or, or whatever it was in terms of how they, how they did resolution. So for us then, when somebody becomes angry around us, we will go back to being a kid, back to driving mm-hmm. the bus again, you know, because mm-hmm. – for us, anger is escalation, loud noises, banging pots, someone screaming, uh, um, possibly hitting, who knows. But that's what we're going to experience on the inside until we actually can arrive at a place that is an adult enough to know how not to react and to move in towards some sort of negotiative space. That doesn't mean you're going to solve it, but you're at least going to begin to create some sort of a dialogue. Our parents did it. We, well, most of our parents did it. We saw them do it. Uh, up to, well, we saw them escalate it. We didn't see what happened, and that's that's really the problem. Well, and that, and you're right. That's huge because hopefully, when families are together now, hopefully there's an awareness that they can demonstrate. Okay, we're angry at each other right now, and again, it's not it's not the person; it's the behavior or the attitude. Because yes. I think that is also uh-huh. too often heavily labeled as that's who someone is and instead it's no it's just the state that's there and the state changes but that piece imagine just imagine if children were actually shown okay we were angry and now we're coming back and we're going to talk about it and we're going to allow ourselves to feel what's there and and it would be wonderful it would be absolutely wonderful and incredibly empowering for people so that they were comfortable feeling discomfort yes yeah 
Yeah, and, and imagine it if in doing that, like our nieces and nephews and children were present to to then watch a brother and sister work it through or whatever uh, in, in some sort of a family context, you know, instead yeah, of it amazing. Being, I told you I didn't want to come to this. this guy's just a big jerk. You know, I mean, that's that's the perpetuation of the family dynamic, isn't it? You know, yes. because that's exactly what you just did is what your kid just saw, your nieces and nephews just saw, and they're going to walk away and do the same thing. Yep. Yep. You know, exactly, exactly the same thing, you know, and the chances are of them having pretty much similar conflicts. Absolutely. I mean, we've all oh, had, yeah. most of our conflicts are all the same anyways. It's about not Typically. doing it my way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that, and that kind of pattern repeats. I mean, one of the things when I work with homeopathy with people and there's a and homeopathy is very much around recognizing a pattern, not so much the hmm. story, but what's right. the pattern and then the remedy helps to move the pattern because that's that's the disconnect of the within the vital force that's the misalignment so the remedy is working with the pattern in a, on different level so very often the language with homeopathy is what is this individual's delusion not in terms of a mental health label but what is their perception of what's happening and that will lead you to a particular pattern so it's 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 fascinating to to see it but also you still have to do the work i mean there's no magic pill there's not a sense of suddenly boom right. i took this and you still the person a door will open and then it becomes a choice to step through the door that's right that's right opportunity may knock but you have to get up and answer the door <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it's the same yeah. thing, right? Uh, it's to so, totally the same thing. Yeah, you know, I think that um, probably what's really big for us is to recognize that how we have experienced anger is only one half of the of the the entirety of it. Because the the other part of that is how do we resolve that? And that's I think where our missing our missing pieces are. I know, think that's a huge piece. So yeah, and I, I think I feel yeah. like the resolution, actually, Gord, and you know what I see is often there's the the validation of the emotion, but you're right, it's the resolution, that process, and witnessing it, and actually letting yourself experience it, or I think can be incredibly right. healing for people, and that is that is the healing piece, because sure you can express right. all you want and validate and name your anger, but if you don't know how to move through it or let it move through you to a place of harmony or collaboration, then it, it's, it's sort of just stuck again. It's like it's moved somewhat, but it's not actually having closure. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Calling your lawyer is not a conclusion to an argument. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's a perpetuation of more arguing, you know, uh, kind of thing. And it's a perpetuation of getting rid of most of your wealth. So why don't you just give it to charity? Because I think the lawyers <laughs> have enough already. <laughs> well, just, it goes back I'm to that saying. that mine, that mine. I want this, and and again, our sense of of power. Well, I'm going to make you and, hurt. You yeah, hurt me. I'm going right. to make you hurt. Right, right. Which yeah. is which is dangerous for for both people emotionally. When someone wants to be vindictive, oh. it's it's really really toxic. It's very very toxic energy yeah. to have, and it it goes into that hatred, the resentment, the the heaviness, the stuckness of energy. That, that ends up showing up in the physical body in one way or no, another. Right. Yeah. And it really is like incredibly toxic. So we're talking then about maintaining that mindfulness piece to know when we're actually getting angry or that we already are angry, you know, and, and finding, and finding tools to, to move it, to resolve it, to 
you know, uh, um, not allow it to become the self-centered exercise, you know? Um, so the other piece on the mindfulness is to also be mindful of other people. There are people who don't consider other people. There are lots of people who don't. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the people on the street are there to them. They're the only ones having to wear a mask and gloves, you know? Um, even though they're passing like 25 people, no, they, that's a, that's a lie. You know what? I just lie. There's not that many people on the streets. No, these days. no, there, there aren't. There There's aren't. Two other people who are in the no. same boat with their masks. You know, I mean, it's just, well, uh, I think it, you know, it's like where I started from. Okay. So you're stuck at home. Well, what, what is your wife feeling? What are your kids feeling? I saw a great cartoon. It was these kids, these, these, uh, uh, cats and dogs. And they're sitting there looking at the door going, don't these people have some place to go? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's been some great creative uh, humor coming out and, and out there, and it's fantastic. And one of the things I was going to say that, yes, the having this mindfulness or this awareness of the self, and I think that, again, takes us back to the importance of recognizing our senses rather than the thinking mind, because the thinking mind will carry on and ruminate and the stories, and you'll get that whole committee that comes in and yes. keeps going and going. And the only way to shift out of it, that's why, you know, throwing, having a cold water shower or, you know, submerging your hands into cold or something that will, will wake you up. And of course, with, you know, not doing anything dangerous, but, but recognizing that we are a sensate being yes. interrupts that flow of thought and it will, it snaps us awake. It snaps the brain into being present because there's a sensation and I think that that's what's very difficult when people, if they don't notice how they breathe, yeah, or well, breathing, then they can't tell. Yeah, and they can't tell the change that something's changed. So now I'm getting angry. Oh, this is what happens when I'm irritated or scared. When in doubt, breathe. I we're coming to the end here. Um, yes, I just we want are. To people uh, of our compassion energy circle, you are welcome to join. It's free. It's compliments of Transformational Arts College, um, and. Uh, the uh, it's on Zoom. Meeting number is eight eight zero three seven nine three eight six, and we hope you can join us um, and turn on your cameras and create a community out there. If you need to get in touch with us, or would like to be in touch with us, we're at info at spiritgrows.ca. And of course, every Thursday at eight o'clock, you have Alexia and myself talking it out. We do. <laughs> so yes. Have a great week, folks. Stay cool. Stay calm. Know what's going on and breathe. Good night. Good night. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your host, Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.